Welcome to Tiger Paw Radio, the podcast that tackles all the challenges and opportunities of channel convergence. If you provide managed IT, managed print, VoIP, security, or other technology-driven services for your customers, this podcast is for you. Tiger Paw Radio, exploring channel convergence, one stripe at a time. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of TigerTube. And if you can't see uh, any of us, and that means you're listening in on Tiger Paw Radio, and want to thank you for listening in. Uh, I'm very excited about today's episode. This is one that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about user management and print. Uh, this is something that is not new, but perhaps is uh, accelerating in its importance, especially as the marketplace and how people work you know, starts to change. So before we get into any of that stuff, I want to Take the time to thank my illustrious guests for joining us today. And actually, as I always do, I'll be getting you to introduce yourselves. So Eric Crump, if you could start, and don't forget to share one thing about yourself that people may not know. Uh, very good. I think I'm gonna try to do something maybe different that I've maybe not said before. I, I appreciate the time to uh, participate on a, another one of your uh, podcasts, so appreciate that. Uh, my name's Eric Crump. I'm the uh, Director of Strategic Alliances with Ringdale. Uh, the company that invented follow me printing um so i've been in the industry for i think somebody told me a quarter of a century so uh so it's just been good been working uh, in the early days with lexmark but then working with ringdale for the last seven years uh, so that's been really exciting as well as working with the npsa for the last uh, few years since 2017 and i really i, I have the pleasure to work with wes and mark uh, within the managed print services association so definitely uh, volunteering is something that's near and dear to my heart, and uh, I guess something that maybe somebody, uh, people may not know, and I kind of have my patriotic uh, background here, is uh, I'm a unit commander with a young Marine unit here in the United States, and so I have uh, youth from the age of eight uh, to uh, high school age that are in the young Marine, so it's uh, exciting. I'm learning a lot. I'm networking with a whole new set of folks in our community, and just like with the MPSA, it's, it's just very invaluable. And, uh, and just to give back to the industry, or, or in this case, in the community. So it's been re very rewarding. And if you don't volunteer for something, definitely volunteer for something in the industry or in the community. Well, and I can second that. And I thank you both for uh, what you do for the MPSA and for uh, lots of other folks in your communities. And now, Mark, maybe you can introduce yourself for our audience. Absolutely. So my name is Mark Hart. I'm the Vice President of Business Development for ACDI. We are one of the authorized uh, solution centers for PaperCut, uh, many, uh, as long as many other products that we have out there as well. Um, been in the industry, as Eric said, for a long time. Uh, one fun note is Eric and I grew up together kind of at Lexmark. So he and I used to live very uh, close together. We'd have lunch together and, and, and grew up uh, in the industry there at Lexmark. And so it's been a lot of fun. I think that uh, this industry is very unique um, and all the people and dealers and, and that you get to meet over time. I started in this industry in 1997 and, uh, and absolutely love it. Um, one fun fact for me is I am a Kentucky boy, probably some Kentucky stuff behind me through and through. I grew up in a small town of Corbin. It is quite famous though, because it is the home of the original Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, and wow. So we eat there every Sunday after church, not knowing that it was anything special, right? It's just a bucket of chicken after church and, and you just have a good time until I get to college and find out that, wait, that's a, that's a pretty big deal that, that KFC's uh, home uh, first started there in Corbin. So 
Well, Mark, as you can tell from uh, my waistline, well, if you can see me in person, I'm a big fan of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Good, good. Yeah. My wife and I uh, were actually down at the, uh, I think it was a Colonel Sanders uh, Museum or something when we were in Kentucky. And uh, that for me was uh, was a great day. <laughs> that's, that's where it's at. And, and funny that you guys mentioned that you uh, kind of worked together and started in the industry together um, because the interview that I did this morning, as I told you with uh, Greg Welchins and, and uh, Mr. Sikleski, is that they started together in the industry as well. So there you go. It's a day of, of uh, old ties and new beginnings. Hey, let's jump right into this. So, you know, if we're honest uh, about the managed print space, although we do work in an, an incredible space, if we're honest about it, we haven't really managed much about print over the years, right? We've collected meters for billing uh, by page and even delivered a toner to some customers just in time. We've even ensured that traditional, you know, offices receive some level of proactive service. But the pandemic taught us that this fragile modded model for managed print was pretty much insufficient to take care of the needs of some of the remote and more decentralized workforces, which I think we can agree are not going anywhere anytime soon, right? Um, we just weren't prepared uh, to set up users uh, as the rules of the workplace change so dramatically. And that should set the stage to us because I think what you both do um, is to help make a big difference in that space, right? So one, uh, briefly talk about your experience with traditional managed print over the years and talk about why dealers have been so slow to adopt user management rules. And Eric, maybe I'll get you to, to start that ball rolling. Sure, no, thanks. Um, yeah, so like we were talking about, been in the industry a long time since managed print became a thing uh, over the last 20 years. Uh, so seeing a, a lot of evolution there. Uh, evolution in technology, as well as uh, the trends that are going on. And of course, COVID is the gift that keeps on giving. So we, if, if you can't, uh, you have to be able to evolve your offering and evolve your value proposition. And so that's that's critical. Um, I think um, my with my experience with selling software, which I've been doing yeah, for pretty much the whole time, it's a way to differentiate uh, Lexmark or, or dealers that we work with or Ringdale. Um, I think the number one thing is uh, is ignorance, and uh, I think that it's uh, and, and I don't mean that people are stupid because we have some very intelligent people out there. Yeah, that's so what that word means. <laughs> yeah, so it's I think sometimes people might take it the wrong way, but it's uh, I think people just don't know what's available. I think that they they have some cursory uh, ideas of of what thing you know what uh, capabilities are on the market. Um, they may think, oh, this is gonna you know jeopardize my deal. This is going to, you know, make my um, the sales cycle is going to, you know, is going to take longer. I'm not going to get paid. You know, there's a lot of these other things, and so I think there's a small uh, percentage of uh, folks that get it, and uh, and and those that get it take advantage of it and use it as a differentiator, run with it. Uh, but I think that that's that. I think that's the probably the biggest thing, and that's that's not a new thing. That's been thing over time, and so as now there's more. Uh, there's more capabilities and more vendors more than ever to provide this kind of capability. And it's just, you know, people need to uh, get curious and, and, and go figure out what's, you know, why are other people winning or why might I might start losing opportunities because I'm not evolving my, my offering. I completely agree with you. And, and being ignorant is actually not a bad word at all. And for example, I'm ignorant to how they actually uh, produce hydrogen fuel uh, using energy conversion, right? So you know, that's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's just something I don't know about, but I can guarantee you if I was going to get into the business of uh, trying to use hydrogen fuel cells or hydrogen fuel, 
and selling that to customers, I'd want to know, you know, how that works, right? And similarly in managed print uh, with user management, I think it's important for people to ask those hard questions. Mm -hmm. And I think people like you and Mark obviously have the answers. Uh, I, I don't know um, if your experience is the same, but, but most of the questions that I get asked um, about my particular area of expertise in the flat rate world, um, I've answered a lot of times for people, right? So even though it seems like to the person asking the question that it's a big aha moment, I'll bet they didn't, Eric and Mark didn't think about this. Um, I guarantee that you probably already have, right? So, you know, my takeaway there would be, yes, uh, ask some good questions. Let's get rid of uh, being unknowledgeable in those areas. And you guys are perfect guys to do it. So, so Mark, what about you? Maybe you can share just for example, your experience. And uh, if your experience is the same as Eric's or different. No, I think it's very similar. I, I think what happened is, you know, I, I started looking back over my career, and it was 1999 when Lexmark first uh, launched their, their first MPS program, right? So we're talking 22 years ago, and we were partying like Prince wanted us to, um, you know. So, but what, what with, with MPS, it, it was a great marketing term. You know, whoever coined that term and said, hey, we got an MPS strategy, let's go after it. It means something. It's different to every person. It's so unique in, in what they were going after. We were at Lexmark, and at the time, we didn't have a cost per page model. It was all about the cartridge, right? I mean, we were a printing company and where we came from. So it was all about finding ways to, to build cartridges and to, to be able to get cartridges out to customers. And it, it, it was probably later on in the 2000 timeframe when we, we began to enter into the true dealer channel versus selling cartridges to customers or through uh, big box resellers and so forth that we, we understood what the CPC model really looks like. And it's like, all right, then we started to pivot. And, you know, I, I remember the days where, where mono pages were two and three cents a page and color was, you know, 14, 15 cents a page. And then, you know, that period of time became managed print and, oh, what does this look like? It's a, what's just a, more than anything, it was just a customized billing model. It's all it was right term all route roped up under one kind of term that was coined in, in marketing somewhere and and so the time i think is changing because you know covid really makes us look at the user our smart devices really makes us look at the user everything we're doing today we want to know what an individual user is doing what is wes doing today when he hits file printer when wes gets on his smartphone or eric gets on their smartphone what are they doing? What websites are they going to? So everybody wants to now get to that user metric, which is where the Eric and I've lived over the last, you know, 10 plus years in, in, in the print management world, right? And so I, I think it just comes back to back, like Eric was saying, it's that understanding that MPS traditionally was output management, not including print management, which is queue management, right? Which gives you the who, what, when, where, why, and how. And so combining those together helps you tell a completely different story. Yeah, I like how you separate both the uh, print queue management and the and the print management piece, right? That, you know, the, the two pieces are definitely separate. One is a mechanical fulfillment, you will, of, of getting marks on the paper. And the other is part of that workflow, the reason that people are printing those documents in the first place, right? And, and that's, that's one thing I love about, um, you know, what you both do is you present to the world that other side, which I really believe is the management component, um, is to look at the users and their print behavior. And it's not a big brother thing. It really is about what are they trying to do in their workflows, right? Because sometimes analyzing that can come up with better ways to actually do that workflow. Sometimes it may not be 
you know, print related at all. Right. So yeah, pretty exciting. But again, I think the thing that's disappointing me over there is like I said at the beginning, um, I expected this whole idea of managed print to kind of feed itself, right. That we would start moving beyond just the billing uh, for the consumables on a page level and thinking that auto fulfillment of the toner, because really that satisfy our needs as dealers. And it did give the customers some way to ensure that, you know, they at least had some way to track their spending in a more, I guess, granular uh, level. Um, but the workflow piece that Mark mentioned a couple of minutes ago, we just simply left it alone. And when I was working at uh, Pitney Bowes, that's probably the, the place that I got my first exposure to actually working with uh, software for user management. I cannot tell you how much I loved using that in deals. And then actually after the implementation was done, uh, watching the results that it had in those customer environments, right? So it's, it's absolutely incredible when you actually do start managing, you know, kind of that user uh, workflow, right? So, so we touched on uh, the fact that there is a lot of ignorance about, you know, sort of what uh, user management and platforms can be. Um, and I love that separation of kind of the workflow versus the device output. Um, will, will rules on user management benefit dealers in a post-demic world uh, more than it did before? Uh, or will there just be no change at all? And Eric, maybe I'll get you to start that. Will there be any post-pandemic benefit, you know, for people learning more about this? No, I think the I think the things about rules is it breaks all the rules, uh, especially in the in print management. It allows uh, organizations to kind of create or configure new workflows within the print management tools. And and if uh, organizations have selected to work with you know industrial strength uh, print management providers to provide that capability, they can do that. So that that's what we've been seeing uh, through the pandemic uh, with Follow Me is that uh, our product is can be configurable to meet these you know hybrid worker needs um, as uh, they're working uh, off-site and then coming to print on-site or just to manage some of the printing that they're doing with personal devices in their home environments uh, so uh, so that's that's really critical there's a lot of platforms uh, that are out there that are very basic that don't provide they might provide you know make automatically uh, print uh, documents in black and white or duplex, which has a, a you know a cost savings, of course, uh, and some productivity savings. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, it's very uh, basic, and so uh, that's not going to solve a COVID, a COVID you know hybrid work working environment kind of solution. And so that's what we've seen is just again breaking the rules with with rules, yeah. <laughs> uh, with a policy that uh, kind of engine that gets you there, and. Um, yeah, and it's and it's more than just the rules; it's the reporting on the back end, right? It's it's nice to have you know a workflow that uh, that optimizes things, but if you don't know what you, what's been optimized, it you can't sell the value back to the customer. And through a managed print engagement, you know, it's having that ability to go back to the customer and say, "Look, this is what we've done. This is what we're seeing, and then these are the actions we recommend to go further." Because you don't want to wait a year, two years, three years, and they no. don't see any value, right? You want you want to be, you know, waving your flag the whole time when you're talking with the customer. Those engagements, and by using the right, uh, you know, these industrial strength print management solutions, you know, you get that reporting, you get that capability to give to make, you know, provide intelligence back to the customer uh, as well as to your own business. Because you, you need to look at it profitably. What does this look to your business, not just to the customer? Uh, as a dealer. So, you know, use that inside information for yourselves to make the right corrections and adjustments to continue to add value to your business as well as the customer. 
Yeah, data is so powerful, right? And I think that's uh, I like what you say there about using rules to break the rules and and the reporting is that every other aspect of our lives is incorporating some kind of big data to make our lives easier and better, right? That this idea of machine intelligence or artificial intelligence being used, the, the base premise there is you need data first before any of that stuff is is useful, right? And we've got so much of it. Uh, so Mark, maybe you can you know add to that for us, right? Talk a little bit about um, you know how uh, how how dealers are going to uh, be able to profit or 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 learn or help their customers more, you know, once we're through this pandemic. Yeah. So so to follow on with what Eric is saying about the name users, I, I think that you know we're when we look at that, it's it, it's more than just the name user. It's just solving the problem for what that what that employee is going to look like after this pandemic. Are they you know we're seeing so many offices and corporations that are going away from you know your your brick and mortar to shared office space right you don't have a you don't have your own name cube you come in you plug in and mm -hmm. and you you have your phone you enter your password and that's now your workstation for the day right and so being able to still have that uh, that employee have a personal experience to be able to print or to be able to use cloud services whatever you have to get it down to the user level and I think that that's really where the dealers have to focus is just trying to make it easy for everyone. You know, we, we use, um, you know, print management, we're really changing it to print enablement because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to enable uh, employees to be able to print from a mobile device, be able to print from a, an, an Apple, right? Hey, you get to bring your own device. Well, I'm, I'm more comfortable in an Apple environment or I'm more comfortable in Windows. It, it's, it's ever changing. And so that's what, um, you know, getting it down to a named user. But I think the other thing that is really important about this is regulations. There's a lot of regulations when you start looking at individual verticals that you need to know what the, the actual user is doing. You know, when we get into healthcare and you start talking about HIPAA and PHI, you need to know if somebody is printing um, documents to the wrong locations and, and getting them in the wrong hands, you know, being able in education with IEPs, individual education plans and things. But, you know, even even global compliances like GDPR, right, are driving that need for individual user data so that when I leave my company, I, everything is scrubbed. Everything is removed, right? There's no more references to Mark and what he's done and what he's printed. So that's why the world is, is coming down to the named user. And, and it's, it's a world we've lived in for a long time. So it's something we're comfortable with. We can help uh, put up rules, be able to, to create new boundaries or, or new ways of print enablement for those users. I like that. And it's actually a really good segue into my next question, which is actually around document print security, right? And that, you know, one of these issues, I mean, obviously, aside from compliance, uh, is also the ability to either uh, prevent certain behaviors or to at least uh, be able to do some forensic accounting, you know, should something go wrong, right? And one of the stories I always love to use is that of reality winners. Uh, you remember the NSA story where she got some uh, information out to the press and they wondered how she did it, what, you know, bold technological you know, uh, resource she used, and it was just printed pages. <laughs> That's right. But fortunately, they had some measures in place to be able to do some uh, some forensics afterwards. Um, and uh, well, fortunately, unfortunately, I'm not going to get political, <laughs> but, but they caught her. And and I think that's an important thing. So let's talk a little bit about um, Eric. Maybe I'll get you to move into this is is aside from cost, aside from, you know, user workflows, how can uh, what you both do help with, uh, you know, document and information security? 
Sure. Well, I think I saw something from IDC that said a third of all global enterprises have had some sort of ransomware attack. So, you know, security is on top of everybody's mind. And the, uh, the average uh, payment for ransomware is a quarter of a million bucks. Hmm. So, I mean, it's, you know, security is going to be important ongoing. Uh, and so those are things that we have to look out for. When we look at, um, you know, enterprise kind of businesses, we look around the insider as a threat. Uh, and so by providing, you know, security solutions around uh, those insider threats is going to be, it's, it's going to, it's where, you know, we can really help add value. Um, when we look at the unintentional user who, you know, documents just sitting in the output bin, you know, they walk away with a folder of documents that, you know, were printed that nobody picked up, you know, that kind of basic stuff, um, all the way to, you know, disgruntled employees. You know, we have, you know, very disgruntled people during this COVID uh, uh, time frame, just because, not just because of COVID, it's because of the way, you know, layoffs and changes and the way we work right. or, you know, so we have, you know, a whole new dynamic of people that want to do, you know, bad things. Um, and then you have, you know, kind of the, the silent but, but deadly ones, the ones that are, that are sitting there, they're doing things, they're collecting information, uh, and nobody's watching them, and especially print, they're not paying, you know, they don't think people are paying attention to printing, and they're paying attention to, you know, USB drives, you know, hard drives, scanning things to the cloud, but they're not looking at print. And so you have these, you know, these quiet people in the office collecting information to pass it off to somebody else. Maybe they're going to leave the company, uh, but they need to collect enough information so that they can do that. That we've seen cases of banks where employees collected, you know, the top uh, customers for the bank. It's all an Excel spreadsheet. They printed it off on three, you know, uh, you know, letter size sheets of paper, and you know, they got caught, you know, because it's sheets of paper, kind of like uh, Miss uh, Winter there. But uh, but it's that kind of thing, and so by putting in tools like like policies, uh, data loss prevention policies, to be able to like look for those kind of code words or keywords uh, might be dirty words uh, that are uh, that organizations are looking for might be national ID numbers and looking that in the print stream and you know you might have two three different brands of products right of printers that uh, there so they all work differently. And by working, uh, you know, with a, a multi-vendor print management solution, you'd be able to look at that and control that. So it's everything from, you know, printing with a badge to, you know, doing uh, content-aware kind of capabilities to do some print forensics um, to kind of stop that. And, and that's whether it's at, at the office or even at the home. So being able to track what that person is printing at home, uh, you can provide all that in and have that same security that we've always had in the office environment, but also to get it uh, from uh, from the home office. Uh, also doing other forensic things like um, getting an electronic copy of what's been printed, you know, archiving that, watermarks, all those kind of capabilities are available. But if you're using a basic platform, they probably they won't be there. So it's uh, yep. it's again, it gets back to you know what can you do? What are the tools? Who are the partners you're working with? And what do you don't know, or who do you need to know? to uh, you know, step your, your game around uh, security. Uh, so, and, and again, it goes back to compliance, you know, HIPAA compliance, GDPR, CCPA, um, and that's evolving, right? That's changing. Uh, so it's just, how do you make sure that your, your uh, offering is, is evolving as the industry evolves? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I was thinking there about what you were saying about, you know, the, the users of security and the kinds of people and why information might disappear. 
but it, it would also give me a sense of great comfort as the person printing those documents to know that because those <clears throat> those gates are in place that the things I'm printing are actually protected, right? That I can feel better as a person in the office knowing uh, that this stuff isn't going to fall into the right hands. I'm going to be right there to pick it up and take it back to my desk, right? And uh, Mark, what would you add to that? So when it comes to uh, print security, you know, is there an opportunity for dealers there? I'm, I'm shocked that people don't, you know, charge for that alone, right? Forget about uh, just the other stuff, but, you know, print security service, right? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it does. And, and you know, I'd like to take it a, a little bit further and say it's, you know, go beyond print security. You know, print, print is where most of this starts. But, but you know, when we start looking at uh, the, the OEM manufacturers and the devices we work with, right, they're called multifunction, right? And so you start looking at everything that they're capable of at those, at those devices, right? You, we, print is an off-ramp, right? But you start looking at the digital workflows as an on-ramp. And so when you walk up to that MFP or the copier, you, you, it's now that ability to print, scan, copy, fax, scan to workflow, right, scan, scan to Google Drive, whatever it may be, you're doing all of that now from that single interface. And, and so what we like to look at at PaperCut is, you know, being, you know, Eric mentioned it being device agnostic, right, having, having an interface for every single manufacturer across the globe. We, we say we're device agnostic but not equal, right? We do more with some manufacturers than others, but at least sure. we have a interface. Someone can walk up and they can sign into um, PaperCut, for example, or print management, and then launch a workflow from there. We're all used to that single sign-on. I want to be able to, every time I open up an app on my phone, whether it's my banking app or ordering a pizza, I want it to know who I am. Right. And I think that's the experience users want when they're walking up to the MFPs. And so we take that that login experience, whether it be from a badge, a, a username, password, a pin code, whatever. We capture who that user is and then we work to hand it off to the rest of the uh, applications that are on the device so that if I'm if I'm releasing my print job, then I can do that. But if I want to go over and now start my document scanning or my workflow, um, then it knows who I am. It's passing that user information along so you have a great experience and you have security tied along through that whole uh, login experience with the, with the user at the panel. And I think that's where, uh, you know, the, the, the strength of security and where it's going is being able to tie all the different unique applications together with a single user experience and tying it down and locking it down. We, you know, the, it used to be, uh, you would have your own internal users and passwords, and then it went to, all right, you have Active Directory and LDAP, and now it's there's cloud-based authentication methods. I'm, you know, authenticating through Microsoft or authenticating through Google Suite. So there's so many different directory systems, you got to work with them all and be able to have the same user experience. Yeah, I like what you say there. Sometimes we get so focused on the, the idea of print, uh, but these devices really are on-ramps to all kinds of other things that help with those workflows in the office, right? Um, you know, it's funny, the MPS market, uh, to me at least, seems like a prime channel for rules-based printing. Um, and I think we might have touched on this a little bit earlier, but why are, um, you know, uh, managed service providers, uh, I'm not sure how much dabbling you guys have done in that channel, um, but for managed service providers, not managed print providers, um, that this would be kind of a no-brainer for them as part of their stack, right? Like that if you don't have to sell toner and you don't have to fix a device, but if you can actually just provide uh, the user management through rules and uh, the security improvements, 
uh, that come alongside that, you know, why aren't they doing it, right? So it's a really good question. And, it, and honestly, it's something that we, we have been attacking that market for years. And, and they are very reluctant to enter into this space. I think they see that as what the traditional dealer is going to do, that the expectations of managing print drivers and, and how to get individuals to print is not a service that, that they want to compete against from a, from a traditional OEM or, or at a dealer level. And so it's just not been something that they focused on, even though I do agree with you, Wes, that, that this is something that it, it is perfect. Um, it fits right into what they do every day and, and managing the users and helping them with an overall output uh, environment. So, yeah, we, we think it is a channel. Uh, we continue to go after that channel. Um, if there's a secret sauce out there, I'd love to know it. I'd love to sit down and talk to someone. Uh, but, you know, we, we, they, they are still reluctant. But we'll see. We, we, we get more and more questions coming up about this especially the, the MSPs who are wanting to manage that individual user and everything about them, right? If, if they don't allow for that print management piece uh, and, and, the, and the print queue management of it, then they're just opening the door to allow competitors to come in. Yeah, and certainly, you know, I would say one of the other reasons that, that I think about this question is um, because obviously managed print providers um, are moving into the managed services world, right? And some of them are doing a uh, doing it pretty successfully, so it just seems like, like you said, with that last uh, point there, that you know, at the very least, uh, to close that door to competitors, right? And so, Eric, what kind of uh, things would you add to that conversation about managed service providers, maybe their hesitancy or resilience to like true managed print? You know, what's the opportunity? You know, what's the opportunity to work together and uh, find that? So we do work. We've, uh, you know, with CompTIA events, we've been working uh, and meeting with MSPs as well and trying to understand. You know, it's an opportunity to see a lot of people uh, all at one time and try to ask those kind of questions. Like, what do you guys do? How would could we work together and to try to break through? Um, you know, how to, to get there. So especially around security security vendors are looking at this is a security product so how does that fit with my value proposition as well because i haven't been thinking about print and security so we've had lots of conversations there as well so yeah i think it, again it's the continue and it'll be interesting to see how the you know the mps and the msp world continues to collide to see how that's going to just it's going to have to evolve it's just inevitable that it's going to happen more and more no, you said something really interesting earlier, right, is that the dealers and the OEMs are starting to figure out and, and to move into more of the, the MSP space, right? And you look at Konica Monolta with their acquisitions that they've been doing in the IT world. Uh, I, I think that it, it would be interesting to see if it starts happening the other way. You know, do some of these MSP providers start acquiring some smaller dealers or regional players, right, and seeing if that switch comes and happens the other way around. And, and if that starts to happen, I think you'll see that big shift in the market. But, but these, these OEMs and the other vendors that are moving into that IT services and managed services space are making a big difference. When will we all just be, you know, MSPs or managed IT providers, right? Or just manage providers, right? What are we going to provide for you, right? It, you know, take prints out of it, take IT services. You know, you're just a, a managed provider of what? Yes, <laughs> pretty much everything, which is the direction the world is going in 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 everything, right? Um, yeah. Hey, listen, if you had one piece of advice for our current channel, uh, the managed print providers and the off equipment channel, uh, what would that be uh, for them in a post-pandemic world? And uh, Eric, maybe I'll get you to start with this one. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, get curious. 
you know, get out there and look what's available. I mean, there are lots of things that are available on the marketplace. They're not all equal. They all say the same thing on the outside, on the tin, but you need to dig in a little bit more. So that's what I recommend is uh, look out there, see what's available, see how, ask hard questions to see how that's going to help uh, your business and how that aligns with your business to be more competitive and uh, differentiate yourself. And uh, yeah, and I think you'll be surprised. So definitely do that. I love it. Get curious. Always good advice when you're looking for new ways to make money. And Mark, how about yourself? One piece of advice. Yeah, I'll keep going on that. And, you know, I was at an event and spoke here recently and, and had a similar question. And what I, I like to tell everybody right now is just be vulnerable. We don't have all the answers of what's mm -hmm. going to happen. You know, everybody talks about the new normal. It's not really a new normal. It's just the next normal. It's always changing as to what we are going to have to do in the future and, and where we're going in this industry. And, and I think that those dealers that are open to ask for help, ask questions, join groups like the MPSA, or get out here and join a BPCA or BTA or whatever that may be, the CDA organization, and, and mix and mingle with your dealers because everybody's struggling with the same questions. How do we change comp plans to uh, get away from cost-based billing? How do we look at solutions and enable solutions billing? Is it true subscription services versus on-premise? And, and, you know, your one-way program, Wes, that you keep pushing, it's like the world needs to think about those things. And, and none of us here have all the answers, but, but sit down with, with different groups and different individuals and ask the questions and see what you come up with. You got to, you know, we, we, we say at ACDI, we're okay to fail, you know, as long as we're mm -hmm. failing forward. And, and don't be afraid to do that and continue to challenge yourselves. Yeah, I think uh, those two pieces of advice that I just heard are probably the best I've heard in a long time. One, to be curious, and second, to be vulnerable, right? Because if we're curious and we're vulnerable, we're willing to take those chances, then we can mm -hmm. you know, kind of grow and change in the future. So thank you both very much for all your time today. And for everyone out there that has watched this episode of TigerTube or listened in on Tiger Power Radio, Thank you once again for tuning in and remember to keep on learning. Until next time, I'm Wes McDonald. And so we come to the end of another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. If you'd like to listen to more great learning content to help you grow your business, please be sure to visit www.tigerpaw.com and click on the resources tab. You can also subscribe through your favorite podcast platforms to be sure you never miss another episode. And until next time, Keep learning, keep growing, and keep that inner tiger strong.